Thanks for joining me today, Megan. Really nice to have someone from a company like TriPoint join us. Thanks for having me, Kevin. I'm super excited to be here. Now you have an interesting title, Vice President of Community Experience. Talk to us about what that title entails. Yeah. So for the TriPoint family, the Vice President of Community Experience oversees marketing, all sales, sales operations, escrow, transaction services, and design studios. And so really it's the former vice president of sales and marketing, as many builders usually have that role assigned. But really, I think the lens on that change in title to encompass thinking about how do all those dots connect from every touch point the buyer experiences. And it's a little, a little bit more encompassing to think about it that way. Yeah. And talking to Linda over the years, I know that's a big part of how she thinks about the world, the, the CMO of TriPoint. Yes, absolutely. So that, that makes total sense. And But you come primarily, everyone always has to answer this question of they say VP of sales and marketing. Which one is your first love? Where did you come from? Yes, my first love is marketing. I love, I just, I love marketing. I love content. I love how, <laughs> di- <laughs> I love how dynamic it is. You know, my background's not home building. I'm four and a half years in. Sometimes I still feel like I'm brand new, but I draw a lot from just about over a decade I spent in professional sports, which is a content machine. You don't have a choice but to live and and love content in that space. And so a lot of what I draw inspiration on and continue to look at is from that sector. And in particular, you were with both the Seahawks for a while, as well as the Seattle Sounders, which... Is it fair to say that a, a football club in the United States of America has to work a little bit harder on the marketing side than, than the an NFL team? Yes, you know, it, it's the MLS has made great strides. They're certainly progressing, but there's still some captive audience to, to, to get in the U.S. And um, things like the Premier League broadcast rights for the NBC, those are available for you to watch Saturday morning. It's things that are helping grow the game of soccer. But yeah, that's what I loved about soccer is it's a... It's new to, to so many. You can be a little bit more creative about how you talk about it. The NFL is very known. You've got more parameters on how, how would you approach talking about the team? So you were the director of marketing for four years in, and TriPoint is a national builder at this point, but the area directly over your, your control is the Pacific Northwest Seattle area. Yes. Okay. Yep. So TriPoint Washington, which really is the greater Seattle area where uh, in a couple different counties here. And then we span over the Puget Sound for those that know the area and head up onto the peninsula that's Kitsap County. Um, there's some great locations out there. Great. And then the last kind of getting to know you question before we dive into all the rest of it is how many people then are on the marketing specific part of your team or or how much of those resources are corporate versus at the local level? Talk to me about the the types of marketing team members that you interact with regularly and, and where they live. And corporate or yeah. local. So like many nationals, and you know, it's funny, it's so similar to a professional sports team league and team dynamic. There is the NFL, which oversees the NFL's brand. They oversee the teams too. And so there's always a, a relationship that exists, a little push and pull on what the league wants versus what the teams want. You know, no different in home building locally. We've got a team of two marketers here that can vary from other divisions depending on their size. Sure. Uh, there's some, some bigger markets than Seattle, certainly in the U.S., which lar- with larger marketing teams. And so they're focused on all that community level marketing, our, our storytelling, everything we can drive locally. For me, community content is still brand. Each of our communities are part of our local brand that we're building. And then nationally with the corporate office and, and Linda Mamey is, is just so fantastic and has built such a strong team 
Uh, there's a lot of resources we can depend on from corporate in terms of our email support and automation, some uh, dabbling of content, uh, and then of course, a lot of sales support there too. Awesome. Now you have a couple of different national entries that made it to silver and hopefully gold. We've got our fingers and toes crossed for you. Talk to us about what those were and a little bit about how you, how they came about. Yes. I'm so excited about the ones we have nominated this year. It was one of the first things I thought of when I joined Whole Building four and a half years ago was overseeing some model homes and, and the design firms we use, and they're all so talented. And I got to thinking, these are so great. The model homes are our brand. They're our in-person retail experience. We're missing some pieces here. Where's the content? Where's the behind the scenes on what goes into the selections? And there's so much interest and intrigue in the world of design, just from the public anyway. Uh And so we finally, it took a couple of years, we finally found the right partner and a local designer who already had a strong local following. And she was willing to partner with us and create both the model homes in terms of the actual design and the furniture. And so she furnished and managed that as you normally would expect. But in addition with her local audience, which is so perfect for us, she's based in the area. She made almost 20 weeks of content from start to finish on wow. here's what the design. She named the two model homes. She went step-by-step step at her office at site. Here's what I'm thinking about the primary bedroom and end to end. And then during the install, she documented the whole thing. You got a great look at it. And at the end result, I'm so excited. Our first couple sales of that community, it's been a wonderful community from a sales standpoint. We had two buyers, one peering in the window, following her. They followed her content and knew she was there. Christy's here. And uh, they ended up buying. And then another buyer in our first batch of sales also had followed her content, converted. We had her surprise them at the closing to say hello. It's end to end. I just, I live for content that uh, is not a one size fits all at multiple channels. And it was just the perfect tie-in of model home utility with content. We continue to use the videos she created on our website. I'm so excited about it. I hope we can repeat it. It's certainly hard to find the right design partner to also execute the models. Models are kind of a uh, pain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to install. And so it's not for every designer. That That's for sure. Models are a pain for everyone. And if you haven't been involved in, in that process or haven't for a while, just, just remembering it even starts to give me a little bit of a yes. weird feeling. <laughs> I think the at one time we had seven or eight models going on at one time in Pittsburgh and we had a single designer and myself working on those and it was just all encompassing and it's tough for everyone. It's tough for production because we're constantly wanting to continue to make adjustments as things get built in the real world, especially if you've never built that floor plan before. It's tough for the salesperson because they often have idea of what should be. So it's, yeah. Uh, models yes, for are, all those reasons. Models are fun. <laughs> now you found so this person obviously is a good designer. Yes. Right. So that that's one of the things when we talk, we're kind of edging along the conversation of influencers and and how they should work with builders. Good designer also happens to have a current following, but I know that's always a blend of of multiple things. But how much of the final decision came down to the distribution that she could get? through her channels, which is, I think, what most people in marketing, rightly or wrongly, think of as the first thing about, do I want to work with this influencer or not, is how many followers do they have? And it's almost like they're an ad or, or I'm, you know, I'm signing up for any other exposure uh, distribution medium. 
versus the ability to like to to create the content that could go certainly on her own channel, but also on yours and the distribution that you could get there. There's so much that goes into it, but kind of talked a little bit about what were the most important things when making that final decision to to proceed with this particular influencer designer. Sure. And it's such a narrow wedge to fit them in, right? There are a lot of great influencers in any market, some that dabble in design, but not all of them can actually produce a model home. And so the first priority, of course, had to be, is this person talented enough? Do they have enough capacity to handle what we know is pretty difficult? It was just two models, but that's I'm confident more hours were spent from her on these than a typical project that she does for you know a resale or a high-end home, which she specializes in. So it was, first and foremost, we had to vet there. And so that's where I relied internally on my friends in the design studio, who I consider the experts in this space. I had them vet. Let's look at her work. How do you feel about this? I feel good. Here's the aesthetics I'm liking. I think she's capable And I had her come to the studio and meet with our design studio manager. So we vetted her that way just to make sure all the right questions were asked. And so once you check that box, it's like, great. She almost has 30,000 followers on her Instagram. So for me, that was such a nice collision of the priority that, yes, I need models. First and foremost, that's my responsibility. But with 30,000 followers generally skewing in the Seattle market. I felt really great about that. I think that these people probably exist in most large markets it's hard to find that they have the capacity and the willingness, but I really don't. I think that this could be replicated pretty easily. Oh yeah, uh, I think we. Sh- I think we're business planning for some design firm right now. Uh, obviously, Builders Design is a is a big one. Her name is escaping me, but I love the work of the gal out of Colorado and her team. She does a fantastic job. Uh, she's going to kill me when I see her next time at IBS, and I can't remember the name of her. Well, company. If it's a Colorado team. Not is it the unscripted team, formerly HRI? No. I can see her face. They make great videos, but (laughs) but someone as part of their design process needs to essentially become a mini HGTV production of all the behind the scenes, the install, and then a walkthrough of the house. And now the big question will be, will builders choose to pay more for that particular piece? A lot of them will. And it would also be a great, just you would win more business of all thing, everything else being equal. You're getting this additional content. Now the content, the content that she shot and created for you. Who owns that content currently? We both do. It's ours indefinitely. And so we continue to sprinkle it in for this community, which is nearly sold out now. But if those plans resurface and we use those again in future communities, which we will, one of the the disciplines we really emphasize, especially with my team, is the content should all, let's resurrect it. It does not have a shelf life of one community. If those plans are repurposed, let's use it again. I think it's relevant. And I always try to make things that can be used more than once, right? We're just not in the industry of a one and done. Again, maybe sports, you can do that type of thing, really large brands. That's just not how how this works for us. So uh, it's ours. And I love the perspective you have. I think any design firm could really embrace this. And it's such great content. It's authentic. And I will always be an advocate that our product is best shown, at least for this upper funnel type content, by an outside party. Let's have them come in and talk, not make a sale. They're not selling it. They're really talking about the benefits and the features from a different perspective. And I think there's a space for that for for upper funnel content. And you didn't have to really help her much with the content, right? Or or was there a process of editing or reviewing or was there anything that you had to say? You know, we don't, as as a non-fully custom builder, we can't talk about that or, hey, no, please, please don't. (laughs) 
Exactly. And she's incredible. And she understood the rules and, and the, the vernacular, most importantly, and especially from someone who primarily has, re, you know, existing home clients, high end, the word customized for many, many builders is not the right choice. And so she understood immediately the world we lived in. She That's came great. into our studio to design the home. She used our tools and envision to document. Oh. She knew it was, she knew she was just great. And so I trusted and we didn't really have to monitor too much in terms of her saying, well, I added this, you know, custom shelf. Really smart to have her go through essentially the same process that a homeowner would go through with the sales and design team in exactly. terms of using those tools to take. Yeah, that's, that's really, really smart. And it's super efficient. The studio loves that when they process an order at the end of the day, construction team, everyone gets it in the format they're accustomed to. Um, and so I, just some, you know, upfront coaching with her and she totally understood that some of the things that we would avoid talking about that we just, we can't do. Awesome. Let's transition to talking a little bit about video more generally. And I think we're on the same page here, which I got a lot of pushback when the pandemic first hit inadvertently, I wasn't trying to be controversial, but when sales teams didn't have anything to do because their models were closed for a couple of weeks, there were, there were, there was quite a bit of push to just let salespeople go out and create anything and put it on social media or create a video for whatever audience, because what else are they going to do? They're going to go crazy if they can't participate in kind of this top of funnel promotional activity using video whether that was personally on a cell phone, one-to-one messaging, putting on social channels, et cetera. Talk to me about how you feel like salespeople or sales teams in particular might best use video to help help them and uh, the parent company. And it sounds familiar. I recall you talking about the pandemic and the initial pushback. And when I hear, um, you know, new home advisors, NHAs is how our vernacular for Mm -hmm. our amazing salespeople. Um, when I hear that and social together, I get really weary because I think that's, those are two worlds that don't belong together. And it's not that our sales team isn't incredible and important in the journey. When I think about social on that platform, I don't know if that's who you want to hear from at that point. Plus managing Instagram is a brand and Mm. your content needs to be thought out weeks and months in advance and have consistency. And so you can't do that with a sales team and you could train them and try to train them. But I think the reality is you get a channel that isn't as polished as you would want. For me, the sales team in video, it's no doubt important, but that's that incredible relationship you can, of course, have with your in-progress homes. That is just a gold mine, and there's probably untapped potential there. And I've considered additional training because you just get everyone basic iPhone photography training and how do you optimize and make with really the use of the phone, you have really, really compelling content. And then sure, with leads that are, unable to make it decide in virtual selling, there's a space there, but I just draw that line on that upper funnel content where your own channels aren't where your sales team belong. That's your brand space. And that's where you invest your time and resources elsewhere. And then as we get further down the funnel, that's where I have that team embracing who can do the best photography of a house that's under construction and framing, or even, you know, even more difficult, a home that's somewhere in the middle of drywall flooring and (laughs) and masonry coming on, right? How can we really make sure the buyers feel great there? And I just think that's an untapped space for for our sales team, probably for most builders. Yeah, I was talking to someone on another podcast episode about salespeople kind of inherently often want to use marketing more broadly in video or, or any medium 
to communicate the answer to an objection that hasn't been said yet, but they know is a common objection that you hear during the process. And at the top of the funnel, that just seems strange. Yes. Um, but they can't help. They can't help it without a lot of coaching and guidance to, to avoid that stuff. Yes. So middle of the funnel, bottom of the funnel, more important. And then managing backlog is, I think, a really important point. And that's what we were all talking about at Do You Convert was not don't let your salespeople get involved, but help find ways to get them more involved in those points. The, the people who were just out in the model pre-pandemic and need extra communication in a different form, absolutely use video. And the backlog at that time too, we were really concerned about potential cancellation rates shooting up. And so saving yeah. a sale was as important as making a sale at that moment in time in, in March of 2020. So yeah, I think I think that's really now in terms of lower the funnel, then just to be clear for those listening, what we're talking about is not probably putting video on a social channel, regardless, because I just I just want to be clear for any salespeople that might be listening. <laughs> what we're saying is one-to-one or one to a very small list. Uh, messaging that is that is relevant and specific. Exactly. And that's that's what I love about home building. And one of the things that always excites me is the scale of what we do. We could do one-to-one video and we can do it really well. And that is powerful from a transaction standpoint. And so what an amazing space to continue to think about. And the upper funnel space, that's where I want you know home builders to lean into what other great big brands do. That's the content. That's where you make investments in outside resources, whether it's an influencer or production. And that's 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 that smaller. It's not the bulk of your time and budget, but go, go play there and let your sales team focus on the leads that really are closer to converting or have and need, need some encouragement and ensuring that we save the sale and keep the sale. So I just think that's a that line of all of it exists. Video exists at all of those places, but really the right level of production can change based off where you're at. And the other thing that I can hear the sales person voice in my head screaming back at us as we're saying this is if salespeople continue to want to push that type of uh, video out, it's probably a signal that from the top or, or the brand or, or the division level from somewhere, they don't feel like enough is being created. That's that's the salespeople that's, cheering. That's fair. And I would always welcome that feedback. That's great feedback if that's the case. And then we've got to up our game on the marketing side. And if you are making that content, if you're the marketer saying, but I do make it and I still get that pushback from sales, do they know you're making it? Are you pushing it and distributing it in ways that like so, sometimes people forget that an employee isn't necessarily stalking your channel on a regular basis. And so you do have to find internal ways to communicate that things are happening in case they're they're just not aware that they're not happening. Absolutely. And we we make a practice of uh from an all company standpoint, especially when we do these campaigns like we did with Chrissy on the model and influencer piece, we share them internally. And then I make sure I arm that uh, NHA, that salesperson with that content. Here's some links direct to our channels. Here's a link to the video directly. Use this. If you got a certain lead that you think would be interested, exactly use this content. It's yours as you see fit, um, here's where we're posting it kind of on the own channels, but have it, this is for you. Even when we do earned media, we had some articles this year in the earned space about some of the activities we were doing and armed those sales teams that said, Hey, could I, can I share this article with buyer? Yes, absolutely. That's the dream. That's why we made it for you. <laughs> now, I think one of the lessons when I'm working with a, a new builder on the coaching side is helping them understand that 
it's always a better concept to build out a library of materials for your sales team to use, like you're describing, than to try to create this artificial process that's overly mechanical and then tell your sales team that they have to still push the button. So let me, let me flush that a little bit. It's one thing to create a more robust, what I call safety net that marketing is communicating on behalf of sales. I'm not advocating that for everyone. And, and there's a certain caution that, that you have to put in place when you do that stuff. But there's, there is a place for some of that. But in that scenario, you can't ask the salesperson to also be the one pushing the button to send it all. So if you're giving the salespeople tasks to do, with messaging that they didn't write, that they didn't have input on, and and then they have to push them out. Why are we shocked when they don't really want to do that with someone that is their paycheck and and the food on the table for their kids? Mm -hmm. But creating a library and then saying, this is all available and pre-approved and ready for you to use, and you decide when it's necessary beyond a certain window of time, that kind of long-term follow-up as we talk about, those are great resources for them to use. And salespeople tend to not fight that in the same way. Mm -hmm. Yep. And it's just depending on your buyer, a great article that makes sense for what, you know, the buyer maybe has an objection towards or someone that comes in and comments on the model. So great follow-up video is here. Let me show you how those came to life. And just those natural plugs where uh, they feel like they can help control that narrative and customize it to how, how they need for each specific lead. All right, Megan, we've had a good time so far, but I'm just going to prepare everyone that we don't know how this next part's going to go. <laughs> so uh, in our quick little email back and forth, because Megan was like, you don't need to vet me or like, we don't need to talk and make sure I'm not going to say something crazy. She was very concerned that I just let her hop on here, but that's, that's an advertisement for anyone else who would like to join, just shoot an email uh, to show at do you convert S-H-O-W at do you convert.com and say, hey, I want to come on and, and talk. And as long as we got something to talk about, you're, you're welcome. Uh, but in one of those emails, you said, I have an extreme affinity for TikTok. <laughs> so talk, talk, just, I'm going to let you go for as long as you want to go. Uh, tell us why you love it and, and where you think builders are missing out. Yes. And so, you know, I, I listen to the show frequently. So I know the stance of many, uh, Kevin and your team and entire team on TikTok. There are many skeptics, rightfully so. Andrew is not one of them. He's, he's, he's right there with you. If he was on, he'd be like, yes, just let Megan and I talk. You leave now. Exactly. And, and to be clear, I don't think that home builders are missing out quite yet, but I think it's coming. Hmm. And so what I love about TikTok is really comes down to one simple piece. I love the video format. It has simplified and it uh, made video short to the point done from your phone more often than not. And it right. has just made it more accessible. I think there's a great time and place for highly produced long form video. I will always think there's a room for that. Limited where you can post those on your channels, especially for a home builder. Mm -hmm. It really lives on your website. TikTok, in terms of the produced style, the quick hits, you could do a tour of a model home in 20 seconds. That's more impactful than any anything we've seen before. There are a lot of great resale agents on TikTok right now owning that space. And I think about the opportunity that exists for home builders. Maybe you don't subscribe to TikTok. Maybe you don't want to be there. It's a little young. I could definitely see the argument that our buyers are not yet there. And so it's not an audience that's worth really building a brand and presence with. But I will say that everyone should be inspired by the type of video they see on there. You could also use that on Instagram Reels. I challenge you should use that format on your website. And short form, quick hit videos 
with music. I'm not talking dancing. My <laughs> algorithm stopped serving me dancing. I don't get served that anymore. I, I get home building and, skiing and I just, I think it's more about the format uh, than anything. And that, that, when I think about that format, I think, goodness, you could have, it doesn't have to cost a lot to make a ton of video. And I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So it will surprise some people, but not those who really pay attention that I agree with everything you just said. <laughs> I really do. It, it is as a, as a tool to produce content and as a way that understanding how content's being consumed and adjusting to that. I mean, TikTok itself changed Instagram forever. It changes any one thing like that, that becomes part of the human experience to make it sound more grandiose starts affecting everything else as part of the human experience. And so you can't, you can't discount it from that perspective at all. So, so I think a lot of what you said, or all of what you said, I completely agree with when, when it comes to not being a fan of TikTok, what, what we're trying to, I think you're giving me an opportunity to more, try to more clearly communicate this is if you can find a way to do it quickly and easily, or to find resources that are less expensive, i.e. interns or people who, you know, if you're the VP of customer experience, you probably shouldn't be spending 10 hours trying to figure out how to make a single TikTok video over and over and no. over and over again, right? <laughs> uh, you also probably shouldn't be spending five grand per TikTok video to have someone else produce or created it, or, or maybe even a couple hundred bucks. But this is where, to me, it's like homework, which yes, we all still have homework. And as a marketer, it's one of those things where you don't have to, and probably shouldn't dedicate time during the day or much time, but essentially your lunch hour or the, or the play time as a marketer, which it's required. You have, if you're not playing with how consumers are doing everything that consumers do in your free time, I kind of question whether you really are in marketing because that, that has to, you have to become obsessed with that stuff. And I don't know who the latest actors are anymore because I'm old. I don't know the latest songs unless my kids inadvertently play them around me. But I do want to understand how consumers are consuming. And, mm -hmm. and that, so all of that makes TikTok extremely relevant. And what I love, we just talked about, okay, we, we think for upper final content, does it make sense for the sales team to be investing there? And so you would think, well, Maybe it's the NHAs that should be embracing that content, these quick hit videos. I still stand by that idea that, that no, that doesn't make sense. Uh -huh. It's not the right use of time. And certainly you wouldn't be using uh, a TikTok for your backlog, but you could certainly take inspiration from these. I see a lot of really great interior home tours, 15, 30 seconds long. Take that as an inspiration. You don't need TikTok to edit them that way. You can do that a lot of other places. And now suddenly your backlog is getting this really interesting, uh, more dynamic video. And then what we've done on the influencer side, not from the model home partnership, we had a different influencer that went to all of our new communities. She doesn't design, but she's a designer. And she has another local 70,000 followers. She talks a lot about design. She does a lot of DIY stuff at home. She went in and just objectively looked at her homes and talked about what she loved from a features and, and furnishing standpoint and design. And she just, she happens to have TikTok. So she made a couple for her channel. I didn't pay for them. They're just there. They're part of the bundle. And, you know, you just find these little opportunities to be around there without having a big push. But I continue to think that that style of video, there's a lot that could be learned in a quick couple classes with your sales team where they could really be comfortable shooting that way. Now it's too early as we're recording this on December 29th 
to, well, no, maybe it's not because it's not going to come out until after predictions are out. But I, I wonder, let's all wonder with you, Megan, do you think TikTok at some point creates a separate portion of the app that goes towards a, not necessarily a long format, but medium format uh, opportunities? It's, you know, if, if you look at YouTube, which started as make whatever you want, and now they've got YouTube shorts, which are essentially TikToks. It seems like TikTok has the opportunity because that, that to me is what is missing as a marketer from TikTok is an easier way to continue on with mm -hmm. a brand that you find interesting. Yes, you can, you can choose to, to follow their page and, and stay connected, but the ease of which you can further relationship within, within the app itself, I think has opportunity. I agree. And it's such an interesting question because is what makes TikTok so wildly popular. The fact that it's not long form have, has the world ch changed is the next generation incapable of watching <laughs> two, three, four, five minutes. What was, I believe it was a Disney investment. There was a short form app that came out probably pre pandemic. I think it's gone. Uh, and their whole intent was just short form videos. You could watch on the bus and, and they invested a significant amount and it, it did not work. You know, I, I wonder, I, I know and I'm confident TikTok's thinking about the same things, but I really do wonder if what makes it special is that it's all short form. And, it's and I just, think that's why it'd have to be a separate, a separate button yeah, or a separate, yeah. separate interface that you would switch over to, or a way to, again, to further go down the funnel of a particular um, brand or influencer that you really like on TikTok. Because they're probably, if they are an influencer generally, they probably are also posting longer form content on YouTube and TikTok doesn't, exactly. doesn't like that. Um, they tell you and the, and the great ones will tell you to go check them out on Instagram and YouTube. And so exactly, they'll want to keep you there and if that's what they have to do. Um, and I, I think content's always going to have a flavor of everything, short form, long form. I still love print. I think print's incredible and I will never give up on having a certain time and place and those entities I still get magazines from, I love. So I, I think the answer is always a little bit of everything. I've spent a lot of time doing billboards. Yeah. I don't do in home building. You do a lot of those in sports, but they it all has a place. Uh, just everything has a place as long as you negotiate the right price and it's fair and not just relying on legacy. I mean, I haven't shopped pricing for billboards lately or newspapers, but I imagine, <laughs> I imagine the pricing on newspapers has come down. Maybe not to in all markets to where it should be, but I promise you they're not still asking for 15 grand for his full page ad on a I single day. <laughs> yeah. And if they are, you find, you know, find a different medium. Yeah. Um, and so that there's lots of, lots of toolkits. And I think that's the interesting question too, around budgets and what, you know, a lot of people had extra money in their budgets this past year. We're already seeing as of the 26th of December, that activity levels on builder sites and conversions on those sites has rocketed right back to essentially where it was in January of, of 21, which means get buckle up everyone for a crazy Q1 potentially. So when you've got all this extra money, it does, you either have to continue to invest in building a better machine, a better funnel, a better process. And there's a lot of investment in technology that builders need to do, no doubt. Uh, they have to do it the right way with the right partners. And, and that we talk a lot about that at Do You Convert. But the other opportunity is doing what you're talking about, which is going back and saying, I also have the budget now to, to put a little bit of money in places that are not essentially direct response driven, but truly do help the brand. And, and so as long as people aren't, you know, taking the wrong approach to doing that, I think it makes a lot of sense uh, if your budget allows to look at a premium high-end magazine piece 
uh, if that's your target demo, uh, you know, back cover, inside cover, those kind of things, because it does communicate something that you don't always have the luxury. I mean, if we're back in 08, you don't have any money to do any of that and to reach any of those people. And you can, I think you can still, at least in the markets we've seen this year and as you're projecting heading into next year, you can still be a good steward of your budget and save a lot, especially at specific communities where you know in advance, I'm looking at the same thing next year. I've got communities I anticipate really, really strong locations. I won't roll out the full yeah. Uh, the full bandwagon, but I do also see those communities as brand building opportunities. So what can I pick and choose to make sure that we get exposure there? And again, those plans will be used somewhere else. So what I do get from a content perspective, I know I'll, I'll pull off the shelf, but you can still be a good steward and find those reductions and invest in your brand. Um, and I love, you know, we can all work for nationals, but you're inherently still a local brand. And I will always go by um, there's a, a phenomenal leader in the sports sector. His name's Todd Lewicki. He's been anything from the NFL COO, and now he's uh, leading up the Kraken, which is our new NHL team in this market. Oh. And he would always talk about brands being a mile wide and an inch deep. And I think home builders in particular are, are subject to that and uh-huh. make those investments locally. That's why I love the local influencers. They know our tone. They know our imagery. It's worth it. It's we're a local builder. We're national, but we to, to people in this market, we're Seattle. Yeah, yeah. I think the the mile wide and inch deep is probably even generous to most home builders. And that again is what I guess the kids say triggers me these days <laughs> is when you can tell that a builder is spending a ton of money. I think I talked about this on the podcast, but I was in Tulsa one time, and a particular builder just from the airport to my client's office when he picked me up. I think we counted 27 billboards from the same company that had nothing but their name on the sign. It just said the name of the company, maybe the web address, very few pictures, if any, of the actual product, no location, no price points, no nothing. And that is exactly what what that gentleman means by a mile. It's like, okay, I saw the name. That's not that's brand awareness. That's not brand building in, in my no. world. That's an antiquated, uh, that's paid search on billboards, right? That's just not, <laughs> exactly. not efficient or effective. <laughs> exactly right. Paid search on billboards. That's my new, my new favorite saying. Thanks, Meg. <laughs> All right. So wrapping up, final question, 2022, what do you think is, is the thing that either you're most excited about or most concerned about not just not knowing where things are going to go? Good or bad, 2022, make a, share, share your thoughts. 2022, I think there's still significant opportunity for all the things we just talked about. And, you know, I'm really excited to find those spaces to continue to build our brand in sometimes a high demand situation. That's a fun challenge. I love that challenge. I will always take that one over the alternative. Right. Um, and so just being efficient and finding those right spaces, I think is a challenge many of us could take on and have a lot of fun with. And then I think we'll all have to really look at and go back to the fundamentals on talking about rates and where those land and what that means. And oh wow, you can't be as creative there, but you certainly can drill down and make sure your teams are ready to talk about those and have the resources. Yeah, we've been talking that for the last couple of weeks with our, our builder partners is this will be the first time for a, a lot of marketers ever in their career, but but certainly in a long time that we may be able to pull out the hurry up rates are going higher card, which in an already mm-hmm. off balance supply demand market. That's why I, th- I think 2021 
at least portion of it will be more fierce or more overwhelming from a lead traffic perspective for many builders is a combination of, of everything that made 2021 strong still exists, low supply, high demand, but then you've got interest rates, which creates a new level of urgency. It's not the same as, you know, shouting fire in a crowded theater, but it's, it could be similar in terms of creating genuine urgency among a group of people who right now say, Hey, we tried before it was too tough. We'll just wait it out. And then when they realize that waiting it out will not save them money for sure, as rates go up, it could be, it could get interesting. Exactly. And that's, you know, to, to go full circle on you, we think about sales team and content and what part of the funnel mm. and why you wouldn't want your sales teams, whether it's your new home advisor or your online sales counselor, it, dabbling in the upper funnel is because they, they have such a huge responsibility. Rates will be for them and to talk about and to know and to practice and to train not necessarily an outbound TikTok, right? It, right. And so we haven't had to think about those challenges, but that's a that's a big task for them to really remember uh, some of those fundamentals about what it's like to talk about an objection related to rates. Yeah. Yep. I love it. Well, Megan, thanks so much for spending some time during your holiday break with us. Really appreciate it. Yes. Thanks for having me. I hope the rest of the move goes well and you get you get your house done sometime in January. So we're going to shoot for sometime in 2022. We'll be happy. That I think is a better expectation to set. <laughs> <laughs> thanks again. Okay. Thanks, Kevin.